Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and on Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Liebert. That is T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, we will be previewing the Gophers' Week 4 opponent, their first Big Ten road test of the season at Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois, against the Mighty Wildcats. It is a odd 6.30 p.m. kickoff uh, central time against Northwestern. Uh, clearly, Big Ten Network wanted to find something to uh, put in that primetime slot. And they settled on the Gophers in Northwestern, but um, it, it'll mark the fourth straight game with no 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, be a fun thing I might need to look at see the last time that happened. Um, but I mean, it kind of tells you where the Gophers program is. Uh, not saying that they're on like ABC or anything, but the Big Ten's like people like Minnesota, so let's throw them on the primetime game. But Gophers are favored by 12 points in this game, and for you total enjoyers, their over-under is 38.5 points. Somewhere around there. He's different lines, a couple different places. But, yeah, Northwestern is 1-2 and two this season, coming off a very disappointing 1-11 season last year. Um, they opened the year with a 7-24 loss at Rutgers. Back that up with a 38-7 win at home against uh, UTEP, and then Last week, they went on the road, played uh, right by the Gophers, uh, oddly enough. They played at Duke and lost 14-38. So, we all know uh, the story of the offseason was when Northwestern let their longtime head coach, arguably their best in program history and arguably their best player in program history, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, let him go. After an investigation into a hazing scandal within the program, and in comes uh, first year supposed to be defensive coordinator David Braun from NDSU, thrusted into the interim head coach, and it has been an absolute mess for Northwestern football. And that's I think what the the most of this episode will be about how the Gophers match up in this game, but. Northwestern, the next five years, is one of the more interesting programs to watch in the Big Ten. I mean, now alongside Michigan State, but for Michigan State, they're at least established brand. Yeah. Northwestern is going to be pretty interesting to watch, I think. Um, yeah, but in this game, they might have one of the worst ros- rosters in the um, Big Ten. We'll get into that in a little bit. But their uh, best players, Bryce Gallagher, inside linebacker, Performed pretty well this year. QB, Ben Bryant, um, transfer from Cincinnati. Another stop at Eastern Michigan in there. Uh, defensive tackle, uh, Carmine Stone. NFL potential, uh, Cam Porter, running back. Not to the level of running backs that Northwestern's had, but still a exciting player nonetheless. And uh, Rod Hurd, the second at cornerback, who is a, a very talented player that has some NFL potential. But... Um, this is an interesting game for the Gophers because everyone looked at the preseason schedule. A lot of people marked up week one as a win. Week two as a win. 
had the pivotal moment week three against North Carolina. The optimistic fans were like, ooh, maybe they'll win this game. They don't win this game. Seven-point underdogs, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs, whatever. They move on. Northwestern, this is another game that everyone chalked up as a win. So, it's a must-win for the Gophers in this scenario because they are – I don't know where Northwestern's better on the whole football field, to be completely honest with you. I don't know if they have a single position group better and very few players in general better than the Gophers, to be completely honest with you. Um, David Braun, their interim head coach, very in- interesting position. But it just there's an inordinate amount of questions regarding the Northwestern program at the moment. Um, and it's interesting because Pat Fitzgerald's gone. Um, he put their program in a place that it had never been before. He had coached them to the majority of their bowl games. Um, multiple Big Ten championship game appearances, appearances, and then um, but it, it was so interesting because they were coming off a really bad two year stretch of a four and twenty record, and a lot of people were like, Northwestern can't fire Pat Fitzgerald, um, that, but they have to be better. So it, it was an interesting thing around the program, and then the story comes out, and they're like, well, now we have to fire. So. That made it very interesting, and that's why this program's in such an interesting spot, because they were really bad last year. Their only win was Week Zero versus Nebraska in Dublin. They had a loss to Southern Illinois at home, an FCS school. They had a loss to Miami of Ohio at home, a MAC school, and it didn't have a single um, other Big Ten win over that Nebraska, other than that Nebraska one. And they just had a lot of just not very good performances. 42-7 at home against Wisconsin. I mean, Ohio State, they, they kept up with them with 7-21. Uh, to 21. But that Minnesota game last year, they just Minnesota destroyed them and ran all over them. And I have a feeling that might be a theme of this game, too. But, they, I mean, that's what – it's interesting. That Fitzgerald played in one of the – Two bowl game, two Rose Bowl appearances that the program's had in program history, and um, coached them into being somewhere that they had never been before. Northwestern's historically the worst program in the Big Ten, and Pat Fitzgerald the last ten years, they, they were better than the Gophers. They appeared in two Big Ten championship games, and, and Minnesota can't say that. Illinois can't say that. Nebraska certainly can't say that. So um, it, it's interesting. And I, I, the biggest question is how bad is this Northwestern team? Everyone saw the week one game because it was on that Sunday standalone game, 11 a.m. at Rutgers on CBS. And everyone's like, ooh, is there a win on the schedule? And then uh, week two rolls around. They host UTEP. And uh, the line was very close. It was like a pick em line. Um, Northwestern might have been favored by one and a half, two, but it was around there. So, uh, they weren't getting much respect, and people were like, mm, maybe Utah wins, and where's the other win on Northwestern's schedule? So they do look better in that game, but it was tied 7-7 to at halftime. And if you look in that game, and the box score especially, it's really interesting because um, the yardage was pretty similar. It was 391 to 319. And uh, the major reason why the score differential was so big was because 
half open. Northwestern went down the field, scored, got a turnover, scored again. So then it was 21-7 just like that. And then you could tell UTEP was a little deflated because they did have to go on the road in a Big Ten school. Uh, I'm not saying North, uh, Northwestern has real intimidating home field advantage, but you know what I mean. And then um, UTEP was really not able to get in their rhythm much after that. But, like, Northwestern's offense really was never in a rhythm in that game. Cam Porter had, like, 70 yards. Ben Bryant was pretty just mediocre. And it just – I just don't know how Northwestern's going to score on the Gophers because the, the, the Gophers are the best defense they played this year. Duke doesn't have a very good defense. Um. Even though their head coach is pretty defensive-minded. Uh, Rutgers, another defensive-minded head coach, but the Gophers have better defense than and, um, Which will be interesting, though, because they do run a lot of similar stuff to the Gophers. We know all the connections between Minnesota and Rutgers, so that it'll be an interesting game, I think, for the Gophers to watch tape on. Um, have Kirk Sherrock on offense. You got uh, Joe Karazmiak. Uh, as the co-defensive coordinator, I believe he might be the defensive coordinator. But uh, you know what I mean. You got Flip Dixon, uh, Curtis Dunlap, plenty of uh, Gophers connections on that Rutgers team. So that'll be an interesting game that I'd imagine PJ Fleck and his staff are looking at a lot when preparing for this one. But like I said, how bad is this Northwestern team? They're I believe that they are the worst Power Five team in the country still. Um, if you look at other conferences, or take the back, Stanford might be worse. But um, it'd still be an interesting game if they played Northwestern. It's not like Stanford would get blown out. But they're, Stanford's probably worse. Northwestern would probably be favored in that game. But uh, Northwestern, I think, is pretty clearly the worst team in the Big Ten. Um, I think they're pretty clearly the worst roster in the Big Ten. Um. Ben Bryant was an interesting addition in the transfer portal. He had a he had a intriguing year last year at Cincinnati because it came off a year they were in the playoffs. So they're like, "Ooh, who's this Ben Bryant guy?" He, he played pretty well, um, and then he came back. And uh, I mean, their quarterback situation last year was not good at all. So anything was really an upgrade. Ryan Holinsky and um, Brandon Sullivan really never clicked, so uh, it was it was an upgrade, but not a real drastic one, is what I'm saying. And I mean, the Northwestern teams that have been so successful in the past, they've had Justin Jackson and Evan Hull, and uh, they've been able to lean on guys like that in the running game and kind of spread them out a little bit. And then um, on defense, this team doesn't have that one star. There's Patty Fisher, their linebacker, was there forever. Greg Newsom, first-round pick. Brennan Joseph, transferred to Notre Dame. They don't have that talent on this team. They don't have that, like, surefire NFL talent. And it, it shows. Um, I, I Like I said, I believe they're the worst uh, roster in the entire Big Ten. And the reason why the future is so grim is because I just don't see, like, a whoever, wherever they go, if they retain David Braun, which would be a really interesting choice, but they – might have to, which is very odd, but um and then I, I just don't know how they're gonna their roster is gonna be able to compete in this conference when you add USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, who are all ranked teams this year. And you got Minnesota right now, I do with all their young talent, they're in a great position right now 
when you look ahead to the Big Ten in the future, that there's all these new teams. Minnesota has all this. There, there's hope and optimism. Northwestern has none of that right now. Schools like Indiana, none of that. Like, what are you gonna and be like? I have to play all these teams now. What, what the heck are the what are the heck are those schools gonna do? How are they gonna compete at all? And I mean, it, it's gonna be really interesting. But um, I mean, like I said, Cam Porter's a fine running back on this team, but. He's not in the upper half of the Big Ten running backs. Uh, Bryce Gallagher, nice inside linebacker, guy that'll be on the Gophers scouting report, but it's not a guy who's going to be drafted on day one or day two of the NFL. Um, Carmine uh, Bastone and Rod Hurd, the second, are probably the two best pure players on this team. And, and, and you look into their future and pure talent, maybe. Um, but before... Uh, before I guess you look at that, there are just plenty of question marks all over this team because they just don't really have a strength. That's the biggest thing. Because, you know, you play teams like Eastern Michigan even, who I think would beat Northwestern, not fairly easily, but uh, they would beat Northwestern, I think. Uh, they had very good running, running attacks. Samson Evans, better than any running back on this Northwestern team. I might even say they're, they're Eastern Michigan's QB pretty much on the same level as Ben Bryant, maybe. I, I expected a little more out of Ben Bryant, to be honest. Uh, he really hasn't shown me too much, but I, I can't blame him. They don't have very good weapons at all. I would take Eastern Michigan's weapons over Northwestern's, to be honest with you. So um, it, it's interesting because it's a must-win game. going to be honest with you, uh, the weird this being a 630 game is weird, eh? And uh, Ryan Field is always very sleepy, but I feel like it's only sleepy during the day. And if it's if it's dark, it's not as sleepy. Like, you're going to be able to get fired up. So I typically don't like to lay wagers on the Minnesota f- football teams. But, I mean, if you were – if you – this – I don't – basically, I'm saying I, I don't know why this game is only a 12-point spread. I think Minnesota is much better than 12 points. And they just match up so well against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern has done very poorly against the run. Um, Duke was able to run run on them pretty easily last week. And um, it's just interesting because, I, I mean, I guess before we get into a huge breakdown of where the Gophers have advantages, uh, another really interesting thing about Northwestern is Ryan Fields expected to go through a near $800 million renovation in the near future, confirmed and everything. So they were supposed to enter kind of this new modern age of Northwestern football that they're like, oh, we've won for at least a couple of years now. We're going to start competing with other people. But then, poof, it's all gone. Like, I, I don't know where they go from here. I, I don't, I'm not connected well enough nationally to know where Northwestern ranks amongst um, jobs in the country, which will be really interesting to see because uh, if they can like lure a guy like Dave Clawson from Wake Forest, because Northwestern is in one of the two power conferences, there'll be other major conferences, but the big 10 and sec have a leg up over anyone. So will they be able to get a guy like Dave Clawson from Wake Forest or Mike Elko from Duke? Or will they be stuck with promoting Dave Brown? And I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. But 
I have a feeling it might get uh, worse before it gets better. So, yeah, um, like I was saying, kind of when you look at this week four matchup versus the Gophers, um, you, you can tell pretty easily that I'm leaning towards the Merlin Gold in this game. But, I mean, Duke had, had five players who ran for more than 20 yards, three who had more than 60, and four who had more than 30. So, uh, the QB run game needs – that's one thing I just want the Gophers to do. I feel like that's missing in this offense is the QB run game. And that will give Ethan a lot more confidence because as much as Darius Taylor's tremendous and as much as you want to lean on your running game, it's hard for a young quarterback to get confidence when you're just moving down the ball. He's not really doing anything. He's just handing the ball off. And I, Ethan can get to break those long runs too. So um, it just I, – I don't – I don't see how this Northwestern defense slows down uh, Minnesota, and I don't see how the Northwestern offense moves the ball, to be honest with you. So, and that reason, I I personally think there's a real solid chance the Gophers have a shutout in this game. I, I don't really want to predict a shutout, but I, I put it like 50-50, to be honest with you. Um, 50-50, that Northwestern doesn't score a touchdown, I'll say. Because you always can get one one dumb turnover, and then you get a field goal out of it. But we saw the Gophers only allow one touchdown in the first two weeks, and it was kind of on that fluke play. So I just I have no idea how Northwestern is going to move the ball on the Gophers. They were barely able to move the ball on Duke and Rutgers, who are two undefeated programs right now. But still, I, I just don't I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, I and for the Gophers, they need to use this game as a learning tool for a young team. It's a very big game for Ethan Kelly McManus. Even the fact that they're a twelve point favorite and they should win by more than that, in my opinion, this is where he can get back on track. This is where he can gain his confidence back. If he goes out there and throws for over two hundred yards, two touchdowns, great game, perfect game. Let's say they win 38-3. to Great. You got Louisiana Lafayette coming to town next week. Homecoming. Get a little more excitement. A little more pressure. Homecoming at home. But not a huge step up. And then you get another 200-yard two-touchdown game under your belt. You got Michigan the week after. So it's baby, it baby steps. You're just building more and more. And, I mean, my prediction for this game, 38-0. I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 I do not see a scenario in the world how Northwestern wins this game. Going to be keep it blunt. You saw Darius Taylor run crazy in the last two games. I just don't see how that happens in this one. If Ethan, God forbid, worst case scenario, let's say the Gophers get a bunch of injuries. Ethan gets hurt. Darius Taylor gets hurt. I still think they win this game. It just it, even in the games like in the past, the six thirty game here makes a huge difference on the road. But still, it just when they played teams like Bowling Green or Miami of Ohio, you'd be like, you're overlooking them. And Miami of Ohio, they had a good quarterback, Brett Cabert, still there. Uh, Bowling Green, uh, I still don't really know what happened in that game. So you can always get a Bowling Green scenario, but. I'm more confident that they'll win this game than the Eastern Michigan game. They're 20-point favorites versus Eastern Michigan. That was at home, obviously, but I 
I saw a scenario how Eastern Michigan won. I'm just really struggling to see a scenario how Northwestern wins. So I'm going to keep this episode pretty short. I'm just going to leave it at that. And it's going to be a weird game at 630. It's going to be happening during the Ohio State Notre Dame Dame game. I feel like a lot of Gophers fans might be watching that game about halfway through. So interesting game. Baby steps, must win. These are the games, though, that you're able to add onto your record. And, you know, you go into the Michigan game, you're four and one, a lot different than three and two. And those are the games that you add up where, blink of an eye, at the end of the year, you add a Michigan State win in there, a Purdue win. You're seven and five, eight and four, just like that. You got to win these games to get those records because the Illinois games, the Wisconsin, the Iowa, the Michigan, Ohio State. Those are the tough games. So you need to win the easy ones. Not really a news flash there, but I will leave it at that. Won't be long-winded on this episode. I appreciate everyone for listening, as always. And row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gopher. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.